0: Welcome to Cure Chronic, a place where we have deep conversations and hear amazing stories about chronic disease and more. Here's your host,
1: Becky Gale.
0: All right, and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm super excited to announce another lovely guest coming from actually New York. Hi, everybody. This is Moina. Moina, why don't you go ahead and tell us your story?
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Becky. So this whole crazy journey started on the 31st of December, 2019, beautiful way to now start 2020, that I got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and everything kind of started from me losing some partial vision in my right eye from the middle of my eye down was extremely blurry and from the middle of my eye up was clear. So I headed over to my, my uh, eye doctor and he suggested that I go see a neurologist saying that it may be swelling in my optic nerve. Uh, this was getting close to you know, Christmas time, so it took a little while to get my appointment. And in the interim, I started getting numb from the top of my toes to literally underneath my breast, and everything was completely numb. So once I explained all my symptoms to the neurologist, she let me know flat out, more than likely it's multiple sclerosis, but go get some MRIs of the brain, T-spine and C-spine, and see you know, what it looks like. And after I got those MRIs, we saw a pretty hefty amount of lesions. So then I was diagnosed on the 31st of December. So it's just kind of been dealing with life with COVID, obviously, I'm still not on treatment yet because of the amount of flares I was getting. I was on steroids and I felt really uncomfortable to then go out to you know receive treatments on a monthly basis. I was just a bit apprehensive and nervous. So I've made it this far, dealing with a few flares that causes lack of mobility, unfortunately. But some days is better than some. But for the most part, I deal with, you know, fatigue and depression on a daily basis. But I've been trying different realms and different methods to try to combat that. But so far, you know, MS has been okay as best as, you know, you can say it is. But it's definitely been an interesting journey so far. Yeah. Talk
0: about bad timing with everything going on. And, you know, we had a, I actually just had, I just spoke to somebody that actually was diagnosed in the middle of the pandemic with MS2. Her name is Lena. Um, But it's, it's just crazy to think that you're dealing with something that's so fresh, that is so that you're not, you have no experience with you. You're trying to figure out your new normal while the rest of the entire world is trying to figure out a new normal as well. But that doesn't, has nothing to do with a chronic illness. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of moving pieces right now. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a lot of crazy moving pieces. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> totally. what do you, yeah. So what do you think was the hardest thing um, that you had to go through throughout all of this, maybe before you were diagnosed or while you are diagnosed or up to now?
1: I think the hardest thing so far in the whole, you know, process of being diagnosed and prior to was trying to parent in the midst Mm -hmm. of this. I have a two-year-old, soon to be three, next month, and trying to, you know, parent him and, you know, support him and play with him and interact with him on days Mm -hmm. where I couldn't even feel my toes. I can't feel my hands. I can't really walk. And I can't explain that to him yet because he's too young. He wouldn't understand. So it was just trying to somehow maneuver through life, honestly, maybe even bigger than just parenting, just trying to exist, to live. Like, how am I supposed mm-hmm. to work remotely and parent and be a quality partner to my spouse and, you know, be a friend, be, be a, a, you know a family member? It was just so much to try to take in on top of now I have MS. Now I feel like garbage. How do I proceed yeah. with living a regular life?
0: Oh, hundred percent. And even like let alone having a two-year-old, almost three-year-old, your whole body is just shutting down, it feels like, and you're you're freaking out because like I, I remember when I first had symptoms and I was like, what is going on? My body is shutting down on me. Like I, I what what is going on? So it's the confusion along with everything too, especially you know, trying to be a normal mom because you don't want your kids to see yourself sick, right? It's terrifying. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So on the flip side of all that, what do you think was the best thing to come from all this?
1: I definitely think the best thing has been I actually created an Instagram focused about my MS journey and, you know, frankly, just kind of depicting MS from a Black perspective. You know, I've noticed throughout the MS community, I don't really see MS representation. And I kind of just wanted to provide that. I'm like, I'm sure there's someone else that looks like me that's dealing with this. And I just kind of want to let them know that you're not by yourself. Because when I got diagnosed, I felt really alone. And I felt like I didn't really see much people that look like me and represent me. And I just kind of wanted to put that out there and be that for someone else. Whether it's one person, whether it's a million, I just kind of wanted to do that. So I feel like... MS has kind of shifted me into a realm of like advocacy, which I never thought I'd see myself in. And it's been really positive and really amazing. And I've interacted with great people and people are sharing their stories and we can discuss what they're dealing with and what I'm dealing with and, you know, what treatments people are using and how they're feeling. And it's just, it's been beautiful. And that's the one thing I would definitely say, if I must deal with the nonsense of MS, then I'm happy that I can at least provide my story to someone else and and be that positivity that they may need, that I needed when mm-hmm. I first got diagnosed.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's so huge because, you know, especially getting connected with people that already have MS, that have been living with MS for years or people that, you know, that you can help that are just being diagnosed with MS. I mean, number one, it's so rewarding being able to help other people, especially when they're suffering. But the other thing too is, you get so much knowledge from it as well. You know, if someone came up to me, if I was really, really sick with my Crohn's and they said, Hey, Becky, you know, call it eight years ago. And they're like, go vegan. And your, your stomach will get a lot better. Had I known that I would have done that, you know, (laughs) but it's, (laughs) it's, yeah. And I think that it's just people with chronic disease, we have to work together and and stick together and, and advocate together so that we can all have a voice to. To make a change to to get better as a whole kind of thing if you
1: will <gasps> yeah
0: completely agree if you yeah, could yourself. go back in time and tell yourself something what would it be
1: okay i would tell myself to stop letting lack of confidence hinder us in like all realms of life i feel like i did not make a lot of moves. Back then, because I was so afraid of like, well, I don't know if I'll be good enough and I don't know if I look good enough or I don't know if I'll fill this status quo or whatever it may be, whatever rhyme or reason that I use to deny myself, I would go back and say, just please shake it. Shake the feelings. You're good enough. You're well-rounded. You're smart. You're educated. Stop just sitting and being too afraid to move. And I'd tell myself to not waste time with law because I could have done something else besides that. <laughs>
0: Well, that's yeah. really, funny. you know, not having that self confidence is something that I can totally agree with. I wish, um, you know, when I was younger and, and not being able to speak up, too, it's as someone with chronic illness, as a lot of people with chronic illness, it's amazing how many people don't have that confidence, especially to just speak up and tell people, you know, how you're feeling or, or you know, if something's wrong or, or like you say, it's, you know, you are confident, you are capable, you are smart, you are, et cetera, et cetera. It's for some reason, I don't know what it is, but when you're, when we're younger, we just don't, I don't know. We don't have confidence in ourselves for whatever reason. As soon as it's like, as soon as you hit 30, you're like, okay, I'm good. Let's rock.
1: (laughs) That's what everyone tells me. I'm caressing 30. I'm 29. And I feel like I'm still in that weird I lack confidence, but I kind of do like it took me literally three hours to find a quality outfit to put on just, just to hypothetically leave the house. Like my spouse, Nick was like, Moina, come on. Like, it's okay. We can power through. It's all right. Like, I feel like so much pep talks are needed for me to do the smallest things. Sometimes it's just so, so random.
0: Yeah. But you know what, having those small pep talks, I think that that's not a bad thing because you always have that positive thinking like that positive speech into your head into yourself kind of thing right like you know as and and like the more we say those positive things to ourselves the more confidence we're going to build and so you know over time it just becomes a thing where you're actually confident you're actually excited to just wear whatever you know if that makes any sense
1: (laughs) yeah I'm I'm definitely waiting to get to that part I feel like I'm kind of there but mm-hmm. I feel like I have moments of anxiety, especially with COVID because I'm not used mm. to being outdoors as much anymore. And I feel like it yeah. just freaks me out crazy.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. And like this whole year has just been such a write off with so many things like any type of <laughs> like self progression. It's just gone through the toilet. Yeah. with With <laughs> COVID. Right. Like it's like, it here I am. I'm this amazing independent person. Just kidding. No, I'm not because I have to stay at home and cry.
1: <laughs> exactly, and be afraid to go you know down the yeah. street, you no know, people are yeah, that. go
0: near <laughs> anybody like it's terrifying, and especially with chronic illness because we're at we're at a higher risk of you know getting really, really sick because exactly. of it it's just terrifying so what have you found has helped you the most up to now with your disease are and you're you're looking at getting treatment hopefully sooner rather than later, is there anything else?
1: So for what I've been doing so far, I've been definitely dabbling with meditation. I feel that I'm having a little bit of a struggle with it, but I'm still pushing through because I feel like I have a little bit of an issue clearing my mind. So I'm looking at other realms of meditation that maybe it's more kind of, you know, chanting or listening to something in the background so that you focus on that instead of trying to clear your mind because that's just not working for me. But I continue to take um, a vitamin regimen that I do every day, which I mentioned to you earlier, I forgot to take before doing this, but it's fine because cognitive fog will not destroy me today. I will go take it. But I take um, biotin, vitamin D3, turmeric. I also take omega-3s and B12. I'll probably be adding a few more vitamins to that. Definitely something Mm -hmm. Like maybe lutein, that's good for the eyes since I deal with a lot of sometimes eye discomfort or pain. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe something from my joints, just because, you know, I'm not as youthful as I used to be, man. You know, I hear stuff pop when I get up, so I need some joint stuff. (laughs) But (laughs) outside of that, I just I try to be positive as positive as I can. Uh this is my personality on a day to day. I try to be a little jokey and keep it light. Mm And for the days that I can't, I try to, you know, look for positivity through quotes or, you know, doing some light reading or just, you know, trying to self-reflect. I do that often sometimes and not out of regret or like looking back on my life, but just trying to, you know, see the bigger picture. It's like, yeah, you have MS, yeah, you're sad, but we're alive, we're breathing, today we're moving. It's not a day that we lack mobility. We have our beautiful son, our fantastic partner, you know, we're doing, we never lost a job in COVID, God bless us. And I give Mm. a lot of admiration to people that did lose their jobs, unfortunately. I'm like, you have to look at the grand scheme of things. And as much as I hated being told that, sometimes it is necessary to pull you out of a bad Mm. place.
0: Absolutely. Mm. I can't agree more with that. I think that it's so easy to get wrapped up, especially when you're in pain. Um, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the why is this happening to me, oh, woe is me, self-pity, whatever, when those are the times when we really need to focus on our gratitude and say, okay, well, this is happening now, but, you know, I had a great day yesterday, or, you know, at least the sun is shining, and I have X, Y, Z in my life, totally, just like what you say, it's, it's so hard sometimes, like, and I even get those days still, even though I'm not on treatment and everything, it's like, the, you know, the pain and the frustration and even just having a chronic illness can just be so, can just weigh down on you so much sometimes that it's just so hard to stay positive a hundred percent of the time. But I feel like we just need to give ourselves the time to be sad and to be upset and to be angry because if we don't, then I just feel like we'll just implode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I feel exactly the same way because that's how I started off this journey just feeling like if I opened the box of emotions I'd never be able to close it but yeah. I'm glad that I did because if not I definitely would have just shut down on myself and that been yeah. even myself or anyone else you know
0: well and, yeah and then you make yourself even more sick because you're exactly. repressing those emotions right exactly. and I think that's like yeah it's I think that's one of the biggest things with chronic illness too is like how much of your sickness and your illness, not you specifically, but just like in general, you know, is, is it getting worse because of the fact that we're not dealing with stuff internally, you know, we're not dealing with trauma or stress or whatever it is, call it properly. And so it's kind of eating us inside and then we're getting even more sick because of it sort of thing. So I think that recognizing our emotions and, and, giving ourselves the time and the, and the patience to feel the emotions is so important, you know, especially when you're sad or angry or frustrated or whatever. It's like, it's totally okay to go and throw a glass on a wall as long as you pick it up. If you're angry, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, uh, but you talked about meditation. I'm super into meditation. I love uh, meditation, yoga, all that fun stuff. The one thing that got me like, I think the one thing that has helped me the most this year since I'm not on treatment is I'll I'll send you an email with this, but it's the Wim Hof breathing technique. And he, it's, so this is supposed to literally change the autonomic nervous system. It's supposed to reduce inflammation in your body. And it's supposed to basically reset your immune system. It's crazy. Um, And I, yeah, I'll have to send you an email with it because it's, it's helped me quite significantly this whole year and what they do, and you can do this or not, but they have cold showers every single day and they do like arctic plunges all the time and so i've had a little mission this year of jumping into like i don't know what it is in fahrenheit but it's like four or five degree water which would be like what 30 35 37 degree water sort of thing so it's cold but it you feel great afterwards yeah
1: yeah i'm really yeah definitely send that over i'd like to read that and see If I could get involved, I just started washing my hair with cold water to wash out conditioner. So hey, I'm slowly Mm -hmm. conditioning myself, and I didn't realize it.
0: Perfect, that's awesome. Yeah, (laughs) no, I'll. uh, And the breathing technique is amazing. Like if you have troubles with meditation and shutting off your brain, this was. I'm I'm the same way. My brain is just it goes a hundred thousand miles a minute. It's ridiculous. But this was the first breathing technique slash meditation that I started doing that. My brain was like, "Okay, calm down, shut up." It was crazy. So, but yeah, yeah, I'm
1: really them. open to that because I feel like I've been kind of struggling, but I, I continue because I want to. I want to get to that realm of being able to meditate and just kind of calm mm-hmm. down and be, you know, one with myself. But I feel like, mm-hmm. same as you're saying, my mind is always running. So mm-hmm. I would definitely be interested in that.
0: Yeah, yeah. The cool thing about it too is I find that you have the ability to kind of. It's this sounds really weird, but it makes you feel like you have the ability to feel every single cell in your body, which is cool.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah. You just have to do it a lot. Um, like every, he does this like 30 day challenge and and once you start getting the hang of it and and doing the breathing technique every single day, you can actually literally your, your, your whole body kind of goes numb and it feels like you have control over all your cells. It's really cool.
1: I'm really interested in this.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. No. You me
1: on feeling all my cells, like, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah, I, I tell as many people as I can about it, because especially with inflammation or any like chronic disease or anxiety, for example, especially with COVID and everything, like it's such a, for me, it was so powerful. So hopefully it's powerful for other people as well.
1: Yeah, I'm interested yeah. to look into this. Yes. Thank mm-hmm. you, Becky
0: yeah of course no problem so speaking of advice um could you give any of our listeners a bit more advice for their struggles
1: well kind of going back to what we were initially talking about i definitely would stress for people to just not internalize your feelings i feel like i spent a large portion of my life and i still am doing it to a certain extent just kind of compacting all of my emotions and feelings and just burying it within myself. And I'm confident that I've given myself more lesions by doing that. Just keeping everything bottled up, thinking that that solves the issue just enough so you can power through. There's nothing wrong with expressing your emotions. There's nothing wrong with, you know, seeking therapy. I'm in therapy. I need to actually call my therapist because it's been a little while. She's on vacation, but there's nothing wrong with doing that. There's nothing wrong with giving into that feeling of anger or rage or sadness or whatever it is. It's just not, staying and living in those feelings, expressing it, getting it out, talking to someone, whomever it may be, and just powering through those feelings, but just don't stay in that spot, because it's very easy to do that, and just live in it, and stay in that state of sadness, or anger, or rage, or whatever it may be, just express it, let it out, and then power through and just understand that today may have not been a best day or this may not be the best week or month or whatever it may be, but she'll power through. I know it sounds impossible with whatever you're dealing with at the moment, because I felt the same way too, but it gets better and it gets lovable.
0: Definitely. I think that, you know, on that topic, it's so easy to stay, especially if you let yourself, it's so easy to stay dwelling in those really awful emotions for days. You know, you get angry or you get sad at something and you can sit in your bed and watch Netflix for days on days on days, for example, but I think you're so right, you know, yeah. Expressing your emotions and expressing, you know, yeah, whether it's, you know, talking to a friend or a loved one or or definitely going and seeing therapy. I mean, like that's what helped me the most is getting a really good counselor, getting someone that you trust and and just letting it all out. And I think that there's a huge stigma behind therapy. It's not something because you're weak, it's something to better understand yourself so you can grow and be a better person. Right. So, yeah. but yeah, I think therapy is amazing and definitely allowing yourself to feel those emotions is is so key especially I think with chronic illness
1: I definitely agree I understand the sense of maybe as you were saying of you know not being open to therapy or feeling that you're weak or feeling that you don't want to be in that sense of vulnerability because that was me up to two years ago I was like I don't need a therapist I don't need to talk to anyone I'm fine and I got into therapy And I wasn't being open and I wasn't being honest and I'm giving pieces of myself. And Mm -hmm. I sat down with my therapist, Liz, and I'm like, what am I doing? If I'm here, then let me just be here. Let me express myself. Let me let her in. Because what am I coming every week to say nothing? To say, oh, I'm fine. I'm feeling okay. It just, if you're gonna do it, you know, trust the process and, you know, be honest. And I'd be the biggest hypocrite to say that I still sometimes only (laughs) provide so much. I'm working on it. I'm working on being open and transparent. But uh, I definitely feel like MS has given me that sense that I need to do that. Because I feel like prior to it, I still wasn't truly being as honest and transparent as I could be. So there's some, mm-hmm. some good in the chronic illness. Very small, minute goods. <laughs> but there's yeah. a little bit of something in it, I guess. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I think that that's the biggest thing with chronic illness that I've kind of come across with all my podcasts is the fact that the chronic illness has made people better understand their emotions, but also be able Mm -hmm. to talk about their feelings and also be an advocate for themselves. So yeah, there's definitely chronic illness sucks, but there's definitely some good things that comes to it for sure. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Moina, thank you so much for your time and your advice. How can our listeners get in touch with you?
1: Uh, they can get in touch with me on my Instagram. It's Life with Moina, and my name is spelled M O Y N A. I know it sounds fancy, but that's how it's spelled. <laughs> and I also have a blog, which is also lifewithmoina.com. And I'm very responsive. I answer anyone that messages me because I feel like it's important to be that place for someone to talk or vent or ask a question. So if you have anything you want to ask or say or someplace to just talk, I am absolutely available and there. So please shoot me a message.
0: Awesome. And we will include all of your contact details in the podcast description. And I just want to thank you so much again for being a part of this podcast. I'm sure we'll have you back on some other time because I feel like you and I could talk for hours.
1: I really do. Like I know we have to go, but like I've been loving this moment, Becky. I, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like it's just been a nice conversation. It doesn't even feel like, you know, an interview. So I like
0: that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Same, same, same. <laughs> Perfect. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our lovely listeners, that's all for this episode. And Moyna and I are off like a herd of turtles.